Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks. Well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. As always, a pleasure to be here with our Catholic audience and any audience, really. So we talk about our faith and our health, our spiritual health, our mental health, and our um, physical health as well. It's all happening at the same time, as we know. You know, one of the things that has come up lately is, do we trust in God? Is God still working in our lives? You know, a lot of times it can be a little bit disheartening. It can be a little bit frustrating. We can start to feel like, you know what? I'm not noticed. God doesn't notice me anymore. We feel lonely. And sometimes we feel like, does the world even notice me? Does my existence matter? Well, let's get into that because that can cause a lot of repercussions from an emotional point of view, from a mental health point of view, and from a physical point of view as well. But we got to answer the question, does God still care? Well, let's get started here with the Angelus at the top of the noon hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, folks, that's the question of the day. With so many things going on in the world, we get so much... Um, I don't know. So we, we, we get so much slack as Catholics. We get uh, told that what we're doing is wrong or that, um, you know, we shouldn't follow the faith the way it is written in our catechism, the way that Jesus left it for us. We get told by sometimes our own elders, if you will, the elders being our bishops, uh, that, you know, maybe the Catholic catechism is wrong because they've decided that there's a different way of morality in this world that may not be what we know to be true or we've understood to be true based on the gospels, based on the teachings of Jesus Christ. And that can get frustrating. We can start to feel like, oh my goodness, our church is going to become schismatic. And what does that mean for us? We could start to wonder, who do I follow? What do I do? Who do I turn to? Um, in today's day and age, uh, you know, our, our good Bishop uh, Joseph Strickland from Tyler, Texas, always a pleasure to hear him talk because I know that he's going to give me the 
as uh, Jesse Romero says, the unsugar-coated uh, Catholic faith, the just, you know, hard-nosed Catholicism, um, where it's just the plain truth. It's simple. Not always easy to follow, because if we look at our faith, it's not always easy to follow. But in the midst of all this, in the midst of listening to the truth and trying to uphold the truth, sometimes we feel like, where is God in my life? Am I being noticed by heaven? Does it really matter at the end of the day Do I, if I follow my religion or don't follow my religion? Are there any spiritual repercussions to this? It can feel very, very lonely. And from a mental health perspective, that's a terrible place to be because we start to feel depressed. We start to feel anxious. We start to feel like we don't matter and we lose sight of who we really are. One of the things that um, we got to remember, though, is how much trust do I have in God? Am I still, even if I'm feeling that way, am I going to put my faith in God or am I going to turn away from all this and put my faith in the world? You know, I don't know what to tell you, but we got to look at biblical scriptures. We got to look at what does Jesus say in this time and what does that mean for me, my health overall, because my spiritual health is at stake. Can I follow Christ even when things get hard? Well, folks, here's what I would say. Today's show is really going to be focused on, yes, God is in our lives. How do we see that? How do we remember that? What can we do to keep that alive? And are there any visible signs of this? A lot of times we say, I need to know this. I need to feel this. It needs to be tangible to me because just thinking of it in my mind sometimes is not enough. You know, we get so busy, we start thinking about different things in the world. How do we know that God is still working in our lives? Here's what I would say. There's a little bit of a formula. Today, show I'm going to focus on, are there any miracles out there still happening? Is there anything happening in my life right now or in other people's lives that I can attribute to, wow, that was God working because I would not have been able to do that otherwise. Something happened and I cannot explain it. Uh, is there joy in my life? Is there uh, anything in my life that happened where I thought I was you know, at my wit's end and all of a sudden God just kind of came down and touched my heart? I think one of the biggest things that we that we need to look at though is what means do we have available to us so is god working in my life yeah absolutely how do i know what tools do i have around me the main thing i would focus on more than anything else is to remember god gave us a companion god gave us a spiritual friend in our guardian angels i think that if we look at what i would like to call angelic miracles it's one of the most visible signs that God is working in our lives. I think that if we look at across religions, across, it's not even just, you know, we sometimes we say, oh, well, you know, the Catholics, yeah, they believe in these things. But is this true across religions? Is this true for anybody in the world? Did God give every every single person a guardian angel or only if you're Catholic? Well, what we believe is God gives every single human being a Catholic angel because in a sense, God doesn't see us as Catholic or not Catholic. Catholic is we follow Jesus Christ and we understand that to be the truth. We understand that to be the deposit of the faith. We understand that as God revealing himself to us fully, which is why as Catholics, we say, no, this is what we need to teach because we want people to understand who God really is. Um, does that mean that people are following false gods or that people are wrong in that respect? Well, what it means is that we believe people haven't come to know the real God. They've been taught in the way that they've been taught or their faith as they come to understand it. But if we look at it this way from the way we see as Jesus being the second person, the Trinity of the one true God, then yeah, we hold the, the truth 
And it's not to say that other people are wrong. It's the question of, do you, have you come to understand God the way he revealed himself to us? Well, if we're going to preach that, how much do we live that? Because then the question is, do we understand that this is the truth and that this is God? Does God notice us? Well, let's get into it, folks. Let me tell you, there's a few miracle stories where I truly believe that God notices us, that it's reminders of us. Why do we need these miracle stories? You know, people go to Fatima, people go to uh, um, Lourdes, people go to different apparition sites of Our Lady, sometimes hoping for a miracle, you know, usually physical healing. But then are there subtle things that happen in our lives? I found this neat little article. It was just people talking about what they believe were God's interventions through their guardian angels or through angels in general in their life. And how this made them feel like, you know, gosh, God's around. There, there was I can't explain this. This wouldn't have happened otherwise. Something very positive came to play in our life um, at that moment in our everyday life, which tells me that God is really focused on us. God, God knows what we're doing. Let's look at this. Let's look at the first story. This is kind of interesting. You know, it's a little article. It's called uh, Six Stories of Angels, Prayers, and Miracles." I like picking up stories. Now, this story is not from this year. It's from 2019. But I like picking up these stories because it lets me know that God is working in our lives the same way he worked in the lives of people, you know, six years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Sometimes we look at the Bible stories and we see the Gospels and we think, well, that was way back then. That's when Jesus, Jesus was performing his miracles back then. And Jesus isn't really around now, or we don't see him, or we don't think, we don't get the feeling that he's around the way he was back then. Um, and we lose faith or we lose sight of that. And we got to ask ourselves, well, wait a minute. Is Jesus still with us? Is he still present? Well, before we get into the first story, what I want to say is this is what Jesus told us. We got to remember Matthew chapter 28, verse 30. Jesus tells us, and he was teaching the apostles, he says, the this is what the verse says. It says, teaching them, and by teaching them to keep all of his instructions, he was teaching the apostles, he says, that I have that he had given them. And he said, behold, I am with you always till the end of age. Now, do we believe that? Do we believe that Christ is right here with us? Let's look at this story. There's a story of a gentleman named John D. And it says that his baseball team had made it to the playoffs. Now, keep in mind, he's playing baseball. It's just something simple, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. How many of us like baseball, like watching baseball, going to a ball game? It's always kind of fun. Um, his baseball team had made it to the playoffs, but he was struggling in one of the semifinal games. John's team was at bat in the bottom of the last inning with two outs, two strikes, three balls, bases loaded. His team was behind seven to five. Then something very unusual happened. So this is it. I mean, you know. Obviously, people go through different things in their lives and much bigger tragedies in a baseball game. But we've got to remember, Jesus is paying attention to us. God is paying attention to us, even in the most of mundane things. We Sometimes we think, well, he's not going to pay attention to me unless I'm going through a major tragedy. But that's not the case. It's a baseball game. How many times is a player going to be in a baseball game? And this is kind of it. I mean, the game is pretty much over and it's on the line. You're losing seven to five. You got two outs, two strikes, three balls. Bases are loaded. He's not playing a good game. What's going to happen? Does this matter to God? Does he care about our something as mundane as a baseball game? Does God care about you in the everyday life? It's a good question to ask. We'll see what happens in this story here. What happened to him as he retells it when we come back from the break. But one thing that we got to remember is, you know, how much faith do we have? 
even in the wilderness. We have faith in him. He has faith in us. Luke chapter 12, verse 7, why even the hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Do we believe that, folks? I mean, that's a pretty powerful statement. You know, Jesus tells us even the hairs on our head are numbered. What does that really tell us? Is that God really care about the hairs on our head? Well, you know, especially if we're losing our hair, we start to think it'd be a lot easier to count, right? But what really that what really God is saying is that. Yeah, even in the most of simple things, even in the most of mundane things that you don't even think about, which who's going to count the hairs on their head? So many of them um, to even account for. But even that God cares for, which tells us that every minute detail of our lives, Jesus lets us know it's important to God. If it's important to us, it's important to God. A lot of people might say, oh, something as simple as a baseball game. You know, you're trying to win a championship. Does God really care about a baseball game? There's bigger things that he should worry about. But if it's important in our hearts, then we got to believe that it's important to God. We got to believe that every step of the way it's important. We can't compare um, and say, well, you're in the middle of a baseball game. And it's not like somebody who's in the middle of a war and torn country. God loves us individually so much that regardless of what situation we are in, he's going to take account and notice of every single thing we're doing and every single thing that's affecting us. Let's look at the end of this game. You know, young guy, he's got his uh, little league team here. He's got the playoffs, little John D's story. They're at the end of the game. They're about to technically lose if you look at it that way because there's we're down to the wire, three balls, two strikes, bottom of the ninth, uh, and you're behind. Yeah, you're up to bat. And this is what he says. He says, our second baseman called the timeout so he could tie his shoe. Not uncommon in baseball. You got to tie your shoe. And then John says, I was sitting on the bench when suddenly a strange man I had never seen before appeared in front of me. I was frozen still and my my blood turned to ice. He was dressed in all black and he spoke without even looking at me. I was not very, he said, I was not very fond of our batter. This man said, do you hold courage in this boy and do you have faith? What does this mean? So, you know, this guy is sitting on the bench and he's saying, oh, we're going to lose this, this game. The batter's up. I don't think he's that good. But also he says he turned and he saw somebody who was never there before. And all of a sudden he says, after this man tells him, do you have courage in your batter? Do you, do you have faith? said, at that, I turned to my coach who had taken off his sunglasses and was sitting right next to me. He didn't even notice the man. I turned back to the stranger, but now he was gone. There's a lot of stories of that, folks. A lot of times people will appear and come and go and we wonder, who was that? Was that an angel or not? says, the next moment, our second baseman called time in. Remember, he was tying his shoe. And the next pitch, our batter hit a home run out of the park, winning us the game, eight to seven. And we went on to win the championship. Does God care about these moments? What a great moment. You know, do you have faith in this batter? Look at what's going to happen. Look at what God can do for you. Just when we think, nah, this isn't going to happen. This is no good. God all of a sudden can come touch our hearts and turn our life around and create these moments. These moments, winning the baseball game, is, is it really about the game or is it about giving us faith? Is it about giving us hope that something bigger is out there? You know, these stories happen all the time. The question is, are we able to recognize them? Let's look at a second story here. What about something a little bit more intense? Um, some Something more in the uh, medical world or the physical world where you're going to escape serious injury. Is this possible? Well, this is a lady named Jackie B, and she believes her guardian angel came to help her on a couple of occasions. Um, this is what she says. So 
Let's see. Let's see what her story is. She says everybody in the town used to go to the hill by the post office to sled in the winter. I was sledding with my family, and I went to the steep part. I closed my eyes and I went down. I apparently hit someone going down, and I was spinning out of control. I was headed for the metal guardrail. I didn't know what to do. Suddenly, I felt something push my chest down. I came within less than a half an inch of the rail, but didn't hit it. I could have lost my nose. These are moments where we say, what stopped me? I felt something push me down. I felt something stop me from getting injured. Do we believe that we have a guardian angel who would have stopped us? She said she had a second experience like this. The second experience was during a celebration of her birthday in school. She said, I went to put down my crown on the bench at the playground during recess. I was running back to play with my friends. Three boys suddenly tripped me. This playground had a lot of metal things and wood chips, not a good combination. I went flying and hit something about a quarter of an inch under my eye, but I felt something pull me back when I fell. The teacher said that they saw me sort of fly forward, then fly back at the same time. As they hurried me to the nurse's office, I heard an unfamiliar voice kept telling me, don't worry, I'm here. God doesn't want anything to happen to his baby. Do we believe that, folks, or not? We have to ask ourselves, is it worth investing in the stories? When people tell us this, when people say, hey, you know, this happened to me, and I truly believe that it was my guardian angel. I truly believe that he uh, um, pulled me back from a potential death-defying situation. I, I wouldn't have done this otherwise. It didn't come from me. It's hard to believe sometimes. Are we willing to go into that realm? I think a lot of times, to be quite frank, a lot of depression and anxiety that I see in people is not so much a mental health issue, but it's more of a lack of faith in God. It's not to say that we're doing something wrong. It's to say, have we been praying for faith? Have we been praying to truly be able to see the events in our lives as an act of God working in our lives? I think most of the time we feel like it's up to me. I've got to make this happen. But do I ever truly put my trust in God and say, you know what? I got to let go of some things. I can't worry about this. I have to let God work in my life, whether it be as intense as truly an angelic experience, uh, something that we can't even explain, or something as simple. You know, we can say this guy in the baseball game, who knows? He might have been tired. He might have not have been thinking straight, but his team won. Is that something as simple as an act of God? Listen, for you, I'm going to let you guys win. Do we believe God is thinking that? Or I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give this batter courage. God didn't hit the ball for him, but maybe he gave him courage to do it. Maybe he gave him a stroke of confidence. Maybe he just gave him, you know, as we say, dumb luck. But is it God working in our lives or not? This is important in the realm of mental health. When it comes to our mental health, one of the things that can happen is we can easily feel overwhelmed and we can get a sense of what's the point. Why should I even try anymore? Nothing matters. Everything I do is wrong. No matter how much I try to talk to my spouse, to my kids, try to convince them of the goodness of God, or try to let them know that we need to do more things together as a family or that there's important things out there in life. It seems like nobody's listening to me. I'm just going to give up. What's What good is that? What happens to us when we get to that point emotionally? What happens to us as far as our mental health, what happens to us as far as our physical health? I'll tell you what, it's disheartening. 
And people will start to get maybe not into a clinical depression or a clinical anxiety where you might need medication, but it's easy to fall into a sense of hopelessness where all of a sudden we just go through life and there's no joy. There's no sense that we're alive. There's no sense of being able to say, gosh, thank you, God, for giving me existence. The script has flipped now and we feel like there's no point in me doing anything. I'm just going to go through my day and it's going to be ho-hum and I'm not even going to really put in that effort. So, you know, life's okay. I'm just going to go through, through the day. Um, in fact, is God working in my life at this point? I don't know. I keep trying, but nothing changes. So yeah, maybe God's not there. It's easy to start to lose faith. What we don't realize sometimes is God is testing us. God is letting us know, hey, keep working. You're going to see miracles happen. It might not be the miracles that you think or that you're expecting, but are you willing to see me in your life? Are you willing to see me as part of um, as part of your everyday existence, working with you every second of the day, that's where the question comes in. Am I willing to trust God? Am I willing to say something as simple as me walking from my front door to my car, God is right there and every single step I take, he is interested in. Something as simple as me turning on my car and driving down the street, God is right there and he cares about how I do that. Something as simple as me getting to work and just hopefully having a good attitude and smiling, God is there and he cares about how I do that. These are important things to consider. You know, these are important things to look at. Let's look at another story. I love these stories of angels. I love these stories of angels working in our lives. And I'm going to share a personal story too of something that happened to me where I got to tell you, undoubtedly, no question in my mind. And it was a moment of life or death. It would have been a life or death moment, but I didn't know about it. Made me wonder how many times does God prevent life or death moments that we don't even think about? I'm going to share that a little bit later on. But I like these little stories that people give because they're good, just everyday stories. God is working in our lives every day. Something as simple as sledding or a baseball game. That's wonderful. Let's look at this one. What about an accident warning? Do we ever get a nudge? Do we ever get told, hey, watch out because something's going to happen? How many times does that happen in our lives? Let's look at the story. It says at approximately four in the morning, my phone rang. Uh, writes a person named Fen. It was my sister coming, calling from across the country. Her voice trembled and she was near tears. She told me she had had a vision of me being in a car accident. She didn't say whether or not I was killed in it, but the sound of her voice made me think she did believe this, but was afraid to tell me. She told me to pray and she said she would pray for me. She told me to be careful to take another route to work anything I could do. I told her I believed her and I would call our mother and asked her to pray for us. I left for work at the hospital, terrified but strengthened in the spirit. I went to talk to patients about some concerns. As I was leaving, a man sitting in a wheelchair near the door called to me. I went to him, expecting that he had a complaint against the hospital. He told me God had given him a message that I would be in a car accident. He said someone not paying attention would hit me. I was so shocked I almost fainted. He said he would pray for me and that God loved me. I felt weak in the knees as I left the hospital. I drove like a little old lady as I observed every intersection, stop sign, and stoplight. When I got home, I called my mom and sister and told them I was fine. Now, this is an interesting story because people can say coincidences. People can say, you know, do you really believe that? You know, this is a gentleman whose sister calls. And lets them know, hey, I had a weird dream. God told me you'd be in a car accident. You know, something as just take a different route home. Be extra careful. Okay, fine. Then you get to work. 
and somebody else tells you the exact same thing. Is this random? Or is this really God working in our lives? Now, in this particular case, there was no accident. Nobody died. This could make somebody paranoid. This could lead us to full-on anxiety. Oh my gosh, something's going to happen. I'm going to die. God is giving us a warning. Well, the reality, folks, is we're all going to die someday. We don't know how. It could be a car accident. It could be a tragedy. It could be in many different ways. I know a lot of patients who get scrupulous. Now, in the spiritual world, we say scrupulosity. We worry about everything. In the mental health world, we say obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. Um, and when we look at this, it's it's a challenging position to be in because how much do I believe this? If some stranger tells me that I'm going to he got a vision that I was going to be in a car accident. But then same day, you know, my sister or family member tells me the exact same thing out of the blue. There are no coincidences in life. This is where I truly believe that God is working in our lives every second of the day, but we don't always see it. We don't always have faith and we can fall into it easily. We can fall into an anxiety. I would say if something like this happened to me and it was still unclear and two people told me I was going to die, would I drive extra carefully? Yeah, of course, I would be watching out for this. But at the same time, am I going to be worried every day or am I going to put my trust in God? How many times is God working in our lives and takes us out of accidents that we don't even know we're going to happen? When we come back from the break, I'm going to share a story that happened to me that was truly unexpected. And I honestly, truly, truly a miracle that saved my life. More after the break. All right, folks, so welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. One of the questions we're asking today is, where is our faith in God? Is God still working in our lives? Are miracles still happening? Do we really connect with God through our guardian angels? Does Do we have to have a direct communication with God? Or can we actually send our guardian angels to pray for us as well at times? I think it all, the, the truth about it all is, yeah, yes to everything. We have a direct connection to God all the time. We pray, we can pray to God directly communion hello we have communion right there we have a direct connection to jesus christ who wants us to receive him in the holy eucharist <clears throat> there's no greater connection to that but do we also have a whole family in heaven that we talk to we have our guardian angels we can pray to our lady we can pray um so many different ways and so many different uh um access so many so many different richness in our faith so we've got graces we can go we have sacramentals there's so many different connections to the supernatural i think that we don't always appreciate it well, let's look at a quick story from the bible matthew chapter 8 verses 5 through 13 jesus agreed to go to the centurion's house and heal the centurion's servant but the centurion through his friends told jesus that the centurion felt unworthy to have jesus come into his home Jesus praised the centurion for his faith, and the servant was healed. Remember, this is one of those where this is where the centurion had a servant that needed to be healed. There was another one where somebody needed their daughter healed and said, Jesus, you cannot come unto my house. But in this gospel here, one of the important things to consider is it wasn't even the centurion talking to Christ. The centurion sent his friends because he felt so unworthy. He might have been too busy. He might not have had time. He needed something important. He sent his friends to tell Jesus about um, his servant needing healing. But this gospel specifically says that he felt unworthy to have Jesus come to his home. And he told his friends that's probably why he didn't go himself. He said in this particular gospel anyway, he wasn't talking to Jesus himself. He sent his friends to go talk to Jesus. Felt unworthy to have Jesus come into his house. And Jesus said, 
wow, he knows that even just me saying something, he sent his friends to me and he knows that this will happen. That's true faith. I'm not worthy to have you have you come unto my home. Well, let's look at another quick angel story here. <clears throat> it's called The Flight Papers. And it says that saving a relationship can be just as important as saving a life. Let's look at this story. My husband begrudgingly agreed to go, but was concerned with the short time between our connecting flights. We thought things were going well going into Philly, but there had been some bad weather and the plane were the planes were backed up. Hence, we were put in a holding pattern and landed just as our connecting flight to Bermuda was due to board. So here we have a couple who's on their way to Bermuda, needs a connecting flight. Apparently, there was a problem with the weather and they were uh, held back, probably just taxiing around in the skies, and then finally landed just as they were supposed to take their flight to Bermuda. It says, we rushed through the airport only to arrive at the check-in desk as the gate opened, as the gate door was closing, excuse me. I was devastated and my husband was not in a good mood. We asked for new flights, but were told that it would take two more flights and about 10 more hours to arrive. My husband said, that's it. I'm not putting up with this anymore and started to walk out of the area. And I, I just knew out of the marriage. So folks, here we have a situation where relationship is rocky. Um, things are starting to go wrong in the relationship. Uh, <clears throat> and this is kind of a trip to say, let's save our marriage. Let's take a romantic trip to Bermuda. Let's get there and uh, maybe we can work on our marriage. And this is how we're going to save our marriage. And if it doesn't work out, then our marriage won't work out. That is what it's saying. The wife says, I was truly devastated as my husband was walking away. The attendant saw on the counter and I had, she says, it had not been there when we checked in a packet. And she said, there was also this packet on the counter that was not there before. She was obviously upset that I was still there. I turned out to be the landing paper packet that the pilot must have on board to land in a different country. She quickly called the plane to return. The plane had been on a runway ready to start powering up the engines. It returned to the gate for the papers and then allowed us and others to get in. Our time in Bermuda was wonderful and we resolved to work on our problems. Our marriage had gone through rough times, but we both have never forgotten that incident in the airport when it felt as if it would have the marriage would have collapsed and it was given a miracle to help us keep a marriage and a family together. You know, sometimes it's the little things, especially in marriages, that can make or break them. You know, do are we still communicating with each other? Are we taking the time to care for each other, pay attention to the details of what's important to the other person? In this particular case, it's a couple. They're about to lose their marriage. They're traveling on their way to hopefully have a romantic getaway to save the couple, to save the marriage. And these are important things in a marriage, to spend that time together, to remind each other that we love each other. And sometimes we're going to give up. We're going to give up on the miracle of marriage. We've got to remember marriage, um, especially if it's in the Catholic Church with two baptized people, takes on a supernatural uh, order from God. This is important to remember as far as a sacrament. And what better than to keep the sacrament? We're always going to be tempted to walk away from it when we feel like, oh, it's not good enough. It's not as uh, exciting as we thought it might be, or things aren't going as smoothly as we had hoped or imagined they would. But are we going to be able to keep our marriage together? So they end up going to Bermuda. Is this miracle possible? Is it possible that a God made it so that the pilot forgot the packet or that the packet appeared all of a sudden? They might just not have noticed it before. It might have been something that was there all along. 
And, you know, in the midst of losing a flight, we don't notice a lot of things. But the fact that the packet was forgotten, did God allow that to happen on purpose? We always say, maybe, you know, God makes the most out of every situation, even though the God will bring the positive out of every negative situation. Maybe the pilot was a little bit uh, uh, absent-minded that day. Maybe he forgot the papers. It would have been tragic to have not been able to land uh, the plane in a foreign country, especially if you got a plane full of people trying to land and due to a pilot's mistake, um, everybody can't get there. But all of a sudden you have this packet there out of nowhere. God takes care of us. Did God intend for that packet to be forgotten? Perhaps. Did God intend for that packet to appear there? It could be. Was it an angel? We don't know. God can make things happen in any way he wants. And the reality is, that's great. Because God really cares about our marriage too. God really cared. It was that in, Would God take the time to do that, to bring the plane back to save this one marriage? Absolutely. If he can count every hair on our head, God will do, God will go through the extremes to make sure that we are okay, even in the smallest things in our life. But do we have enough faith? Well, before the break, I said I was going to share a story that happened to me personally. And this is a true story. It might seem simple to some people. It might seem like no big deal. But honestly speaking, it was something that I was not expecting to happen. I never thought would happen or it wasn't even um, thinking could happen at that moment just because nothing was set up that way. Let me give you a little background. I was just driving home. No big deal. Again, this is going to be an everyday situation. On my way home, I get to a four-way stop. Now, I make a complete stop, because and there's nobody there. So it's not like I was taking the stop. I wasn't rolling through or anything like that. I actually made a complete stop. I looked at all the sides. There was literally nobody, no other cars there. This was like an empty four-way stop. It was just me. As I started to roll into the intersection after I made my stop, all of a sudden I felt like an odd feeling of, of heat, like in my outfit. I was wearing a tracksuit. I was just wearing like a little zip-up uh, hoodie, if you will. And I felt really, really hot for some reason, just out of nowhere, like the temperature changed. So I looked down for a second, for about a split second, since in my estimation, nobody was there. For a split second, I thought, man, that's really hot. I went down and I stopped the car really for no more than two seconds, I looked down at the air conditioning controls because I wanted to get a little bit cooler in the car. I just thought, man, it's really hot. I didn't unzip my hoodie or anything. It was very quickly, split second, stop the car, look down, push the air conditioning, uh, turn the knob for the air conditioning, just a little a couple clicks higher just to get cooler. As I looked up, a car took the intersection, just ran across the intersection at full speed. I had not seen that car there before. Full speed came across right in front of me, right across the intersection. I didn't get scared. I didn't feel fear. It was odd that that would have happened because, like I said, literally, there was nobody at the inter- I was the only car stopped at that intersection, and I could see both sides of the street. There were no other cars there when I looked when I looked across. I could have, in my estimation, I could have gone through that intersection without even paying attention, and it would have been fine because there was nobody there. But the split-second feeling of being hot out of nowhere, it really came out of nowhere. It was, I can't even explain it otherwise. There was no, it was a mild day outside. It wasn't very hot. It was probably in the mid-70s. I looked down, I changed the, the air conditioning for about a split second. I look up in this car out of nowhere, right in front of me. Had I not looked down, had I not stopped for the, you know, one second max, I probably would have been T-boned. 
And I don't even know where that car came out of because literally it had not been there before. To me, I look back and I'm like, that was a God moment. That was a guardian angel moment. That was something where I cannot even explain why all of a sudden I had that sense of, of warmth, why I stopped to do that. Not something I would normally do. Normally I would just keep driving and say, okay, well, you know, when I get to a stop or something, but this, the sense of heat started just as I started to go into the intersection. Nobody else might believe it. The weirdest thing for me is that I didn't even feel fear. Normally I would have, something like that would have been like, whoa, what just happened? I would have analyzed that. I would have thought twice about it. I would have said, I could have just died right there. Intellectually, I knew that. But after it happened, it was like, that was the way it was supposed to happen. I felt peace. I actually felt like the Holy Spirit there saying, it's okay. God's taking care of you. You might be in situations you might not even know of that are coming up. Situations that are dangerous that are coming up. But I got to put my faith in God. And the Holy Spirit was telling me, God's going to take care of you. Don't worry. You you do your thing. You drive. You go where you need to go. But things that might feel odd or strange, little nudges that we get from maybe our guardian angels, um, do we follow them or not? You know, I felt like that sense of heat was like a little nudge, like, hey, slow down. You know, try to cool off a little bit here because otherwise you're going to die. You're going to be T-boned. You're going to be in a serious wreck. Because that car li literally just kind of appeared. I don't know. And it was going fast. It, the car did not make the stop that I can guarantee you. It wasn't a car that had just made the stop and was kind of ramping up into there and was going to, you know, maybe had the time to stop in case uh, they saw me. And it was like, they didn't even see me. They didn't even care. Car just streaked across. Couldn't even tell you the color of the car, what kind of car it was going so fast. And I was just kind of like, what just happened? What was more miraculous to me, though, was that sense of peace afterwards, that sense that I didn't get a, a, an idea that, oh, my goodness, I should totally be afraid for my life. It was more, oh, life is fragile. I, I could have been in a serious accident. I could have died. But something happened. God protected me. And God's going to keep me. Those are the moments where I feel truly working in our life. More after the break. All right, folks, so welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today, we're talking about, does God still work miracles in our lives? Does God even still care about us? Is God paying attention to us? I think sometimes we feel so small um, that we even wonder, am I even, do I even matter on this earth? What we forget is that, or I should say what's easy to forget, because all of a sudden there's TV, there's all the social media, people want to be noticed is really what it comes down to. You know, when people say that they want to be famous, um, it really comes down to they just want to be noticed. People who need, how many likes did I get on my on my picture? How many followers do I have? Is it ever truly enough? What's the drive? Why do people want to be famous? I think a lot of times people want to be famous because they feel lonely. They feel insignificant. And that's what drives them and gives them a sense of importance. Without that, they don't feel important. The truth is, as Catholics, we got to realize that whether the world notices us or not, doesn't really matter because God is noticing us every single day. God is taking care of us every single day. Before the break, I shared a story that I experienced myself where it was could have been a life and death situation, little be known to me. But I've got a couple more angel stories here where they hit a little close to home because one's for medical, the medical world and one's for the mental health world. And I think these are important to consider. Um, when it comes to does God care about us? Does he care about our physical health and our mental health? Where well, here's a story of a lady who went into the hospital um, 
and she had acute pain due to a fibroid tumor the size of a grapefruit in her uterus. She had to have surgery for this. So they had to remove this uh, fibroid tumor. Lots of pain. Surgery was successful, but complicated. And here's what, here's what her story is. It says, I was in horrible pain. The doctor gave me a morphine IV drip, only to find out that I am allergic to morphine. I had an allergic reaction, and so they counteracted with some other medication. I was horrified. I had just had a major surgery, learned that I might not be able to have children in the future. Remember, this was a surgery where they're removing a tumor from her uterus, might not be able to have children. And she had just suffered an acute drug reaction. So that same night, they gave me another pain med and I slept soundly for a few hours. So she was able to sleep. Her pain was taken away with that medication. I awoke in the middle of the night. According to the clock, it was 2.45, so 2.45 a.m. I heard someone speaking and realized someone was at my bedside. It was a young woman with a short brown hair and wearing a white hospital staff uniform. She was sitting and reading aloud from the Bible. I said to her, am I all right? Why are you here with me? She stopped reading and didn't turn to look at me. She simply said, I was sent here to make sure you'd be all right. You're going to be fine. Now you should get some rest and go back to sleep. She began to read again, and I drifted back, drifted off back to sleep. The next day, I was having my checkup with my doctor, and I explained to him what happened during the night before. He looked puzzled and checked my post-surgery reports and notes. He told me that no nurses or doctors were stationed to sit with me the night before. I questioned all the nurses who cared for me. Each said the same, that no nurse or doctors had visited my room that night for anything except to check my vitals. To this day, I believe that I was visited by my guardian angel that night. She was sent to comfort me and assure me that I would be okay. Coincidentally, the time on the clock that night at 2.45 a.m. is exactly the time recorded on my birth certificate that I was born. You know, who knows if this was just a kind-hearted nurse who dropped in and didn't necessarily check in or sign in that she visited this patient and decided to read from the Bible. Whether it was an angel or whether it was a human being, either way, sometimes we can serve an angelic purpose, if you will, because who are messenger, who are angels, really? They're messengers from God. They, angels always are going to come and give us a message from God. That's their office, the office of angel. If you notice, they have a job to do. God tells them, hey, you need to go do this and you will do an angelic job. Now, the angelic nature is obviously very different from the human nature, but Humans, sometimes God will use us to give messages to each other. How many times has a stranger said something or a, another person said something and it really strikes us? You know, we see this all the time. We're sitting in church and the priest gives a homily and something in his homily, a particular line, really rings true to our life. That's so important. That's important in, in many different ways uh, because we got to remember God is sending us messages in so many different ways. So this lady in particular, she had somebody sitting there with her. She had somebody reading the Bible. It could have been a, a hospital staff who felt inspired, who maybe heard of her story, who maybe they themselves had gone through a, a situation where they might not be able to have children the rest of their lives or needed to have surgery for cancer and might have felt very, very connected to this patient. Whatever the situation was, somebody was there reading the Bible to her. Somebody had been given an inspiration from God to go read the word of God. And does that create miracles? You know, it's interesting in the story, it doesn't say that, wow, and I was reassured that I would be able to have children in the future. It doesn't say that, you know, that everything healed and I was pain-free for the rest of my life. All it says is there was somebody there who read the Bible to me and that mattered. That meant something. That gave me hope. And I was woken up at 2.45 a.m. 
the same time I was born. To me, that's a powerful, powerful uh, message of God remembers every single thing in our life, just like the gospel says that God can count every hair on our head. God remembers everything in our life, even the moment we were born to the minute. And sometimes things might happen at that moment that God reminds us we're alive for a purpose. I would have seen this and said, wow, there must be a reason why I am alive. There must be a reason why I am here. There must be a reason um, why I'm going through all this. God gave me life at this time, and he wants me to continue to enjoy it and live it. And sometimes if it's hard, yeah, we have to make a sacrifice. Suffering is not easy, but we can turn it into a sacrifice, hopefully. You know, we hear a lot of these medical stories, a lot of medical miracles, and we have to ask ourselves, is this truly God working in our lives or not? Well, what about mental health miracles? What about moments where we feel so much despair that we don't feel like we can go on anymore? Well, let's read this last one. This one says, rescued from hopelessness. It says, perhaps more powerful than any injury or illness is the feeling of utter hopelessness, the despair of the soul that leads one to thoughts of suicide. Well, this is important, something near and dear to my profession. So that this gentleman knew this pain as he was going through a divorce at the age of 26. Pretty young to be going through a divorce, but we don't know the whole history and background as to why they were married so young or why he was married at such a young age. But let's read the rest of it and see what happens. The thought of being apart from his two daughters, age three and one, was almost more than he could bear. But in one night of stormy darkness, this gentleman was given renewed hope. It says, it is his story, I was working on a drill rig as a, as a derrickman and seriously thought of taking my life as I looked down the high 128-foot derrick I worked in. My family and I have strong beliefs in Jesus, but it was hard not to contemplate suicide. In the worst thunderstorm I'd ever seen, I climbed the derrick to take my position to pull pipe out of the hole we were drilling. So he's looking at this. He wants to pull the pipe out of his um, hole, and he's got a 128-foot high derrick. I'm not exactly sure what a derrick is, but at that height, anybody could easily get hurt, shall we say. My coworker said, you don't have to go up. We'd rather take some downtime than lose a man up there. I brushed them off and climbed away. How many times do we do that? How many times do we know that something is risky and we're actually probably even testing God? How many times do we test God and say, you know what, I'm going to put myself in danger as a test to see if you're going to, you know, if, if I don't die here, then that means that you're, that you are in my life and that you're helping me. And I'm going to put myself in danger to kind of force your hand, God, to make sure that you're going to save me. Well, this sounds very familiar to a gospel reading that we can talk about. But let's see what happens here. So remember, his co-workers are telling him, we don't have to go up there. It's a little dangerous. We don't want to lose somebody. He says, I brushed them off and climbed anyway. Lightning flashed all around me. Thunder boomed. I cried to God to take me. If I could have my family, I didn't want to live, but I couldn't take my own life in suicide. God spared me. I don't know how I survived that night, but I did. So a couple of weeks later, I bought a small Bible and traveled to the Peace River Hills, where my family has lived for so long. I sat down on top of one of the green hills and started to read. I had such a warm feeling enter into me as the sun parted through the clouds and shone on me. It was raining all around me, but I was dry and warm in my small spot on top of that hill. I now have moved to a better life, have met the girl of my dreams and the love of my life, and we have a wonderful family together along with my two daughters. Thank you, Lord Jesus and the angels you sent that day to touch my soul. Well, there's so many things going on here. You know, obviously, from a Catholic perspective, we would never advocate for divorce. We would never 
um, say, you know, go ahead and get a divorce and get remarried. It's not what we teach as Catholics. We never know what God has in store for us in our lives, however. I think what strikes me here more than anything else is, and this is this gentleman's story, I can't discount it, this is what his experience was, but what strikes me more than anything else here is that when he went to go read the Bible, he had a moment where all of a sudden he felt such a warm feeling as the sun parted through the clouds and shone on him. And I don't know if you hear my son in the background there crying. <laughs> That's a moment of, for me in my life where I see the sun shine on my life. When I hear, you know, sometimes the screaming of my kids or or they're crying and I think, you know what, this is life. This is God shining on me. I got to look at it that way. But in this particular case, this man was about to commit suicide. It is important, you know, uh, regardless of what religious background we have, I think across the globe, suicide is something that's universally thought of because as human beings, we can all feel hopelessness and we can all wonder, is life worth living at this point? Does it matter if I'm alive or dead? Or in fact, gosh, my life feels so overwhelmingly bad that I think it's time to end it all. I think it's not worth it to live anymore. This can happen. This can easily happen. Um, and it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge to get out. How do I get out of that sensation? How do I get out of that feeling? You know, and like I said before, sometimes we will put ourselves in dangerous situations trying to test God reminds me a lot of when Christ was in the desert and after his 40 days in the desert, the angel was tempting him too. And what did he tell him? He said, Hey, why don't you test God? Why don't you jump off the top of this building? And the gospel, the, by the scriptures say it wasn't the gospels at that time. They hadn't been written, but the scripture says that he will send his angels to save you lest you dash your foot against a stone. And what did Jesus say? He said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. We do that all the time. We're human. We're weak. We want to see a sign of God working in our lives. Um, but, uh, you know, in this particular case, this gentleman climbed all the way up. He was ready to jump. And he says he cried to God to take me if I couldn't have my family. I didn't want to live. But then he said, I couldn't take my own life into suicide. God spared me. I don't know how I survived that night, but I did. In those moments of despair, uh, God is still there with us. God is still telling us to stop, take a break, take a deep breath, look around and realize that he's never gonna leave us. You know, there's so many different ways that God works in our life. I think our guardian angels are a big part of it. I think that God works directly in our lives as well, but I got it. I think that God sent us a guardian angel. Part of their job is to help remind us every single day that we're not alone, that God is with us, that the supernatural wants to work in our lives and that they're very much aware of our mental health, our physical health, whether it be a full cure from a tumor or whether it be that even if we do have tumors or physical ailments, the pain might be alleviated for a little while, whether it be that we have mental illness and we feel completely overwhelmed. If we have a moment of respite, a little bit of a moment where the depression is not so bad, where the anxiety is not so bad, where we're able to enjoy a small part of life, the sunshine in our face, in our face, the sound of the ocean waves, enjoying a nice scenery. If there is joy, happiness that comes in our heart, we've got to remember, those are just as big as miracles as anybody can experience. Let's keep our faith in God. Let's look for those miracles. And until next week, let's keep it Catholic.